welcome to the Rockwardness Podcast. You made yeah. it. Congrats. Yeah. You know what we do here? <laughs> we get rockward. Yeah, we sure Always. do. We also, every episode, talk to a musician we love about their musical journey from its earliest beginnings to the present, and they play us one of the first songs they ever wrote. We're your hosts. I'm Rose Sean. I'm Terrence LeClaire. And I'm Tony Tancredi. And the present is their present that they bring. That's yes. true. Their presence so far has always been a present. Yeah. Yeah. It's a gift. Truly a joy, actually. And uh, on today's episode, we're talking to John Velasquez. He's an accomplished songwriter and producer for artists such as Zella Day and Ella Voss and Lily Joy. He is also a hell of a nice guy. Tony, how did you meet John? Well, I met John on a tour in 2014 uh, for the band Banta. I was a hired drummer. He was a hired guitar player. And we quickly became friends because uh, we shared the front of the van and uh, I would sleep on the, the bench and he would sleep on the floor in the crevasse and then we'd switch spots, you know, and <laughs> he was so happy to do it and I was just blown away by his niceness. He's just the most amazing dude. It sounds so much fancier, the crevasse. Yeah, that's crevasse. why I say it like that because I don't want to say like, take the, the, the dirty van floor that had like chip <laughs> dust everywhere, you know. Chips. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you guys bonded. You guys bonded quick. Very quickly. Yeah. Well, it's easy to do. He's he's charming. This is the sweetest dude ever. The yeah. best. Yeah. Love him to the max and the moon. That's Ooh. right. Let's just get right into this backyard hang with John and his equally charming and adorable dog, Muppet. Here's John Velasquez. I mean, we got one of their boxes at a party, had one of their boxes, and it was really good. And they have like, it, it's expensive, but it's like, it tells you where everyone comes from. Mm. It's like an experience. Everybody's making everything an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's all about immersive experiences. Yeah. Well, welcome. Welcome, John. John yeah. to Rockwardness. <laughs> yeah, what is it called? Rockwardness. 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 Oh, yeah. I love that. It's Who made a, that up? That's Rose right I, there. I, yeah. that, I did. <laughs> I love that. The Journey, the podcast that examines, explores the fledgling first steps of musicians on their journey. Yeah. Exploring everything. Everyone starts somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. We all start somewhere. We got to write a lot of bad stuff in the beginning. But, yeah, I mean, we were we say this a lot, too. Like, a lot of times, even something you might be embarrassed about is not necessarily objectively bad. Yeah. yeah, I think for me what it is is like re-exploring emotions that I had already felt like I had my epiphany with and mm-hmm. like discovered and then feeling juvenile again. Yeah. I think that's the thing that made me feel like the awkwardness mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I understand those things now. But then there was a part of me that I'm like, wow, I have not changed at all. <laughs> uh. I, yeah, I... looking through my old stuff definitely brought me to that point too. I was like, oh, wow, I'm really mining the same themes. I should really uh, (laughs) really work on that. (laughs) We all get more comfortable with our awkwardness. Or or you're just like, hmm. Yeah, you learn how to use it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you learn how to use it, but maybe you're also like, oh, I guess I haven't worked through this yet. (laughs) Well, we talk about that a lot in my studio is like just refinement of what you do and not trying, like we all like start by mimicking and then as we refine what we're doing, like that's my job, like my main job right now, I'm a producer and a songwriter and also a musical director. But like for production, there's some people that they attempt to create a sound for the artist. And I am technically trying to do that, 
but more so like pull the sound out of them. Mm. So on Monday, I have a session with my friend Zella Day and um, another really talented artist, Georgia, from this band called Broods. And like we were on the phone and I was just like, hey, just send me playlist songs that you're listening to that are really inspiring to you. They don't have to have any theme at all. And that's kind of where it starts for me. It's like, we'll have lunch or we'll have an initial writing session and then we'll go in. I just be like, what do you like? Like, what do you like looking at or what do you like listening to? And yeah. don't feel like you have to like present it in this grand way to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely think that like it kind of helps you like create a shared language because you or or at least shared reference points because you can be like, oh, man, you know, I really loved that particular like rim shot sound in this song yeah, like, cause yeah. I sometimes my inspiration so playlist is that specific it's mm. like it just kind of sounds like somebody was like hitting a pencil against their desk in a classroom and it's like yeah, yeah. But, inspiring yeah <laughs> but sometimes sometimes you need to show rather than tell kind of thing yeah and that's a very like like huge thing where people are like I love that drum sound and like there's a producer I love called Sean his name is Sean Everett and a friends of mine have worked with him. And I met him once and was at his studio. And it's so interesting because literally what you were saying, like Brittany Howard, that song Stay High, the drum, the main drum sound is was like on her guitar. And then he had the drummer play with chopsticks. On her guitar? No, on like drums. Oh. And then the next day he would set up a parameter where it's like all snares. Oh. Like every... Everything on the drum, the kick was a snare, all tuned differently. So it's really fun to like explore those things once people get to a certain level where it's like, yeah, they could play their instrument great. Like, what can you give them for a sense of constraint that they had when they were first writing their song? Kind of bringing it back to what you guys are doing. Well, yeah. it's it's interesting that that's that's like an interesting thing to do at a more advanced level is like reintroduce limitations yeah um as 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 like a stylistic challenge because i think like part of what's so beautiful about the things people do early on is that they're kind of doing what they can with with what they have which is usually like a limited skill set or a limited um you know limited technology or gear or whatever there was a story that jeff buckley apparently like when he was you know Growing up, like, he would, like, roll marbles on his guitar to see what sounds they'd make. And then, like, he kind of, like, towards after learning everything he learned, he kind of, like, went back to that mentality of just kind of, like... Yeah. That's really cool. I was curious, because that would be, like, the gift to have somebody when you're, like, just getting started in music, to have somebody there to help you, like you said, bring the music out of you and what you're trying to, like, what's the stuff you're listening to and all that. Do you think maybe that journey for you started somewhere there, like, as a musical director eventually, like, doing it for yourself, kind (laughs) of? I think the most pivotal thing has been, like, I mean, we could go way back. Let's do it. (laughs) That's the point. Uh, I mean, music has always been, like, a thing at first where it was, like, I think of music in three categories. It's like when you're listening, you're either have a shared experience with somebody close. Mm. You have, and with close, there's like, you know, a friend or like someone you love. And then there's music you listen to by yourself. And then there's music you party to. So like, you know, Beach House, I can't count how many times like I've made out to Beach House. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was like, Uh, that was like incredible. And it was like, 
And then I can't count how many times I've cried to Coldplay's first records, like Rush of Blood to the Head. And then uh, for party music, like now it's so much like anxiety and working through that and making people feel comfortable now that like we're older. And it's like, you know, putting on Mac to Marco or like putting on something like Polo and Pan because everybody wants to get hyped. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, you find all these different things. And I think that journey started with me uh, with a couple people. I don't know. Well, who in particular? Uh, interesting enough, a person I used to rollerblade with called Matt Cervantes. <laughs> Shout out Matt. <laughs> and we used to listen to hip hop. We listened to Tupac, mm. Biggie, No Doubt. And that got me really into it. And we had DJ names. No way. Nice. Yeah. What was yours? Oh my God. His was DJ Amused. Mine was DJ Optimist. Oh, <laughs> I love DJ that. Optimist. Yes. Were you like making each other mixtapes or mix CDs? Yeah. And we, oh, we bought one turntable or he got one and then we would like get records and scratch. Oh, <laughs> love it. Love it. Cute. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I was nine. Oh, <laughs> DJ Optimist is such a great That's name probably That's adorable. my favorite DJ <laughs> name of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back. You should. <laughs> yeah, right? Like if you, you ever must. you know, just get bored and want to have like a like a Wednesday night DJ gig at a bar, like oh, DJ yeah. Optimist. That's so great. And that's yeah. when you need DJ Optimist is yeah. like on a Wednesday. Yep. So, oh, yeah, on a Wednesday in Silver Lake. To get you through the week. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like oh, Monday nights where people actually go to shows. After because, hot yoga. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> After hot yoga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So nine-year-old DJ Optimist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, checking out music he likes. Yeah, so so hip hop was like, you were first noticing like uh, the beats and stuff, the production, or just like more like the energy of it. Uh, you know, the attitude of it. Yeah, yeah, I that's think, what drew me to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because like growing up, I grew up very religious, and now I've like worked my way into other beliefs and created my own thing that like feels really fitting for me. And I think hearing that like aggression but done in such an eloquent way Mm. where i'm like oh that's okay to feel those those things and you know put those things out there if they're done in a way that's like formulated and creative and i think that's what got me and then i got into rock music like jimmy world and i remember going to borders and fuck man it was the (laughs) best feeling to spend 15 dollars on a cd Mm. yeah Yeah. Get and, like, find album. the deep cuts. Yeah. Oh, man. Which Jimmy World record was the one for you? Uh, Well, there was, like, the trifecta. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was Clarity. Clarity was, like, the emo record, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, like, the first emo record, in my opinion. Oh, first completely. of all time? Oh, well, maybe. The, the only main, one that mattered. Most the mainstream. first one that mattered. Yeah, maybe the first one to make it through. <laughs> yeah, because you still had, like, oh, the like, trail off of, mean, like, yeah. like, Pearl Jam and, like, Nirvana and Grunge. And then I feel like, you know, there was like some 41 and like the pop punk and mm-hmm. Blink-182, but Jimmy Eat World like brought a seriousness. Well, they had a, they, they were earnest in a way that Blink-182 and some 41 absolutely were not. Oh, not at until all. Late, yeah. Until later on. Like, well, like yeah, they, they had, they had like, they had yeah. like a sensitive song or two, but yeah, Jimmy Eat World was all sensitivity all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like the ultimate nerd that became a rock star. Yeah. Well, so, okay, so so Clarity. Oh, and then uh, Self-Titled, obviously, because mm-hmm. that was just amazing. And I remember, like, like Hear You, Me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, 
yeah, just that whole entire record, I actually had it as like my wake up record, which is kind of funny because it's <laughs> like the first one is like, so I'd wake up and I'm like, kind of wake up hyped. So then what's the third one in the trifecta? Futures. I mean, Futures guitar sounds are like the guy, Mike Trombino, who produced it now owns Donut Friend. Oh, really? Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. That is so wild. I love Donut Friend. Yeah, he makes great donuts now. Oh, my God. Wow. I love that. I also love how, like, you know, life is long and multifaceted. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> Sometimes like a just donut. pivot to donuts. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. delicious. He's like, I and made vegan. the biggest, yeah. like, records and I want to move on. And it's interesting because throughout that time, because, like, I started with really loving hip-hop, I had always, like, listened in between, but then I like got into more introspective like indie rock like block party and the killers Mm -hmm. Mm. and every one of those records for me like i think to like bring it all full circle is like music is very relationship oriented to me those are all like an album i share like my first serious girlfriend we listened to block party and the killers like that was the first time i fell in love and then uh i remember animal collective was another ex that like (laughs) She was, like, at the time was, like, amazing. She was, like, so, like, she was an atheist. And I was, like, oh, my God, you're so crazy. <laughs> How controversial. Yeah. yeah. Animal Collect is so cool. I, I know. That's, yeah. It's interesting that you said, yeah, music is so. Relationship. Relationship connected. Because, I mean, well, I mean, especially what most popular music is written about. But, yeah, like, I mean, you have, you know, your song with somebody or, like, um, it's funny, uh, specifically Yoshimi Battles the Pink Robots. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Flaming yep. Lips. Yes. Like I have such a That st- record is a that record is a lot of things for people. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah. I have it's really strongly connected for me with this guy that I dated when I was twenty two. And solely because like the first night we hung out, we stayed up till the wee hours of the morning just like talking in his living room and we were so into our conversation that the album just kept replaying. Yeah. Like we couldn't be bothered to deal with the C D. You created a bubble for you guys. Like, yeah. yeah. That's what music does. It's yeah. like, I wonder too, from your guys' perspective, because you've been talking to a lot of musicians, like such sensitive people that are such a specific breed where growing up, a lot of times we use music to like fit in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that a lot. Yeah. yeah. About how, um, what music you like. Uh, really defines like who you are perceived to be or who you think oh, you yeah. are kind of a thing. And especially like with social media, like MySpace comes up a lot yeah. and it's like listing what your favorite bands are on MySpace. You yeah, know? Like, like compatibility. Like yeah. that's how before Tinder you'd find girlfriends. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, funny segue. Funny, <laughs> funny you should mention that because I was just saying Are we going to make a Tinder profile? <laughs> well, right now, yeah. For you. <laughs> well, uh, I actually, one of your Google hits was uh, Band Dudes on Tinder Tumblr. So <laughs> it was a little screenshot of your Tinder profile from, I think, like 2014 or something. Oh, that's so funny. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Awesome. Um, but no, uh, I was, with our previous guest, I was talking about how like crucial it was on your OkCupid okay profile to have like a really like sick list of bands you liked and you were really <sighs> looking for that in other people. I didn't put bands I liked on my thing. Oh well, I, I guess should have. That's, yeah. that's like what kidding. I love, but <laughs> yeah. well, I, I put like INFJ coffee, you know <laughs> yeah, the normal yeah. fucking shit. I, God, when was I even on there? I can't even remember. It's been a really really long time, but I do remember just like 
stressing over like getting the list right and then really scrutinizing other people's lists and you know in <laughs> retrospect I think I was maybe focusing on probably the least important detail but um, <laughs> it mattered a lot at the time you know gotta have a cool boyfriend right Duh. yeah I, I, that was one of the things that actually was like before I knew myself I knew myself through music and I think I learned I know I learned a lot about myself through lyrics that other people wrote that I did not yeah, understand why I connected to them. Yes, mm. yes, I yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, that, I really like the way you phrased that because uh, I mean, did you used to just like, I don't know if you, any of you guys used to do this, yeah. but I used to just like in class, I wouldn't necessarily doodle. I would just like write down lyrics to songs I liked. <laughs> That's cool. I I don't know. I think I, I used quotes. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my senior quote was a death cab for <gasps> cutie. Quote. Oh, yeah. So, what was it? What, what is it? Yeah. Uh, if only I had something charming to say. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, Papa, this is the sound of settling. Right? Yeah, but that's—I mean—that's actually kind of that's super perfect, quote, though, yeah. for a senior quote because it's like, what the hell am I gonna say? Like, it's gonna be my yearbook forever, and I'm probably <laughs> yeah, not I'm gonna. Like, I don't know. Huh, I'm not even gonna remember. Like, if it's some like little inside joke, I'm not even gonna remember it in four years. No, or something competitive, or like you know, yeah, sleep is for the weak. <laughs> I should have done something like that. That would have been <laughs> just that, nothing else. I love that. That's what you picked out of the air. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So sorry. <laughs> it's just such a solid choice. Yeah. Um. So you're playing in the church band, which is cool. Like, I was just talking about this last night about how, like, uh, how many, um, mostly like R R and B type singers kind of learned to sing in church. Oh, yeah. Like, but but I think certainly for, you know, people that are roughly our age, like, the church band was, like, much more of a thing because, you know, I think in the 90s they started to be like, oh, if we play music that doesn't suck, the kids will want to come to church. Oh, yeah, and the production behind it, and it was, like, it was the whole thing. I remember we played Violent Femmes. Whoa. But we we reworded it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, what song? How did you re- played like, the, the, Sounds like Young Life. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. Like Blister the one that's real dirty. You were playing yeah, Blister yeah. in the Sun. Yeah, we were playing Blister in the Sun, but they reworded it to what were be, the words? Uh, I can't even remember. And then after that, after I learned church songs, I was like, okay, like I learned octaves and I learned mm. a little bit of chords. And then I just started writing songs. And I think my friend, Sean Danson, who's still my friend, actually, uh, in college, I think the piv- next pivotal moment was, well, oh, I skipped one person. My friend Barrett Schlegel, he helped us produce our first real record. The one before uh, was produced by, like, my friend's dad. But Barrett was so interesting, and he did, like, he makes really cool music, and now he makes uh, film music for stop-motion animation. He, like, thought of music so differently in the way he pieced together our really shitty songs and made them, like, <laughs> not shitty. Who was this at this point? Yeah, uh, it was a band called Max and the Moon. This so that Max was your first band? Yeah. Aside from church? That was, like, my first band and kind of my only band. Oh, really? Oh. Like I said, I go all in. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So how, so how old are you at this point where you're working with Barrett? Uh, so I was 21, 22. Okay. So pretty young. Yeah, pretty young. Uh, we made a record. It was really cool. Uh, actually, a bunch of labels got really excited about us. And we signed a publishing deal. And then we ended up working with Cherry Tree Records, who's 
Martin Kirzenbaum and Jody Klein. And Cherry Tree was a part of Interscope, and they had really cool bands. They had Sir Sly, they had Disclosure, Ellie Golding, Feist. Oh, that's great. Um, yes. So that was kind Very of eclectic like, too. Yeah, and Martin, like every person that I've come into contact with, I feel like I've been really lucky to just learn from really, really smart, passionate people. Like I think that has been. <laughs> the biggest blessing in my life and and just everybody i'm around is like if i i'm talking now but if i stop talking and listen mm-hmm. there's so much i've learned from other people it's crazy mm-hmm. that's your your aura though too i think you attract it because that's what you put out thanks tony yeah i've learned a lot from you as <laughs> i well. can't hug you uh, right now oh, too far. <laughs> if i if i yeah. try to hug you i have to step away from the microphone <laughs> yeah. and it's an auditory medium so I, w- I want to go back to like when you were just starting to write songs right after the church music, that, oh, which yeah. was a lot of covers with changed lyrics. I started writing some by myself, and I remember showing my mom. And my mom, my mom is probably the most influential person that was in my life mm-hmm. uh, because she was honest with me. Mm-hmm. There would be times where I'd sing a song, and I'm like, this is better, right? She's like, you sound tired. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you should rest. Aww. And I'm like, But like totally valuable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, get out of my room. Yeah. <laughs> but then I, I remember getting to a point where I was doing things and like, these aren't the first songs that I was writing, but like things were making her cry. Mm. And then basically I tell people there's a cry test. Yeah. Like, have you cried listening to this music that we've made or have you cried while writing? Because if you are not touched by what you're doing, there is no way in hell anybody else is going to mm-hmm. be. That's amazing. Yeah, that I that's really that's so good. That's such a good guideline. I mean, especially if you're writing a certain kind of music cuz it's like, yeah, if you're not if you're not feeling anything writing it, why would anybody feel anything when they listen to it? Yeah. It's true. That but moment I, where you get like crazy chills writing something, you're like, ah, <laughs> I'm yeah. onto something. This or, is it. Or where yeah. it's just like sometimes like hard to write cuz you're like, oh man, I'm yeah. going through it. I love that your you know your mom is your sounding board, and that she was like not just like that's great, honey. Like yeah. oh it, yeah, because I lived at home for a while, and she's like, yeah, if you sucked, I'd tell you because uh, yeah. you should do something different. Yeah, your mom was God bless her. That, yeah, thank God for your mom. That's mm-hmm. great. I think yeah, I think a lot of the people in your life are just gonna be like, that's awesome, and either because they don't have maybe as critical an ear, or just because they love you. Yeah. So to have somebody that that does love you, but you know, that can also kind of like be a little more circumspect. It's like an asset. Yeah. Was there like the a first song or was there like kind of the moment where you're like, I'm going all in. I want to be a songwriter. I want to write music. You know? Uh, you know, I went to school and I told myself, I'm like, I'm going to do business marketing and minor in music. And I always told people it's like, yeah, so I could work in the music business. But I think I was just scared of being like, yeah, I want to do this. Because I knew I didn't have the skill set yet. There's this Ira Glass thing that I yes. follow very closely where, like, you are you have certain tastes, but, like, the things that you create don't meet that taste. Oh, my gosh. I was just talking about that with Brittany last night. Oh, yeah. With my music. I don't understand it at all. So, sorry. Go on. No. You're blowing my mind right now. Yeah. And I think that's so interesting because, like, I've always known, like, I really like my taste. 
But like as my self confidence, like as a teenager, like went up and down. I was like, oh, maybe I don't know what I like. But like now that like I don't give a shit, and as much like I mean. <laughs> for me like i'm living my best life like i could go <laughs> eat the food that i want and i have like a nice place to stay yeah and i get to write music every day yes it's a dream so now like i know what my taste is and i'm like confident in it and i know when i don't hit it mm-hmm. and back then i knew i wasn't hitting it but like i was so excited by the journey of it and ira glass like puts it perfectly it's like yeah. you have to create so many things and you know, so many people know the 10,000 hour rule, but it's like, yeah, but you got to love it too. You mm-hmm. can put 10,000 hours into something and still suck. Yeah. yeah. I've also listened to that thing that Ira Glass says, and it's like this idea that if you think you suck, you probably should keep going because mm-hmm. you are, you, you have the sensitivity to know that you're not there yet. Like you, you yeah. have that taste, you have that, um, that sense. And so, yeah, so keep trying because that's why you think you suck is because you know how good it can be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 if you just like are too late, if you're like, nope, it's great, no room for improvement. Like you're probably <laughs> you're probably wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Un- unless you're like on stage and you have that realization moment. And you know what's funny is that realization moment doesn't come like that. Like we had that in in Austin when like we were playing a song that like uh, me and Zella made together. And there's a song called Last Time that's not out yet. And just like people hadn't ever heard it and they were so into it and so excited to hear it. And then people, one of the songs I produced for her called You Sexy Thing, like seeing like the comments and like it's the most plays on YouTube that I've had. It's like 11 it's million. so good. And just like knowing. It's a hot chocolate cover, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say like that You Sexy Thing. Yeah, it's, yeah. I love it. It's so good. Her version is amazing. Thanks, and yeah, man. you did the whole, it's your fault. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> your fault. Yeah, and you know, where I'm at in my journey now is like, you know, knowing that like I haven't peaked because I still keep meeting other people. I'm not like looking at myself, I'm looking at the external factors. Like I'm around people that challenge me more and I like know my craft more. And as I know it more, I, I realize what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like that whole, all that shit comes true. And also with artists, sometimes it's a thing where they don't know as much as they think they know. Mm-hmm. And you have to let them go through it. And then at the end, they look at you and they're like, well, thanks for listening. What do you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. You, d- you don't need to be a know-it-all about it. Sometimes you just be like, well, okay, we'll try your idea. Yeah. And then you're going to see why yeah, my idea and, might be better. <laughs> well, and you know what's really good about that is sometimes like their idea through my execution is great, mm-hmm. but it was I wouldn't have had that idea, right? Mm. And, and that's the thing where it's like that's where you really start to create relationships with artists, and where I feel like I've blossomed as a human, learning that like my initial idea isn't always the greatest one, but it deserves to be heard. It's actually really nice to talk about this, especially like I'm leaving for three weeks in like a week and going and playing music that I've been writing with another artist or been a part of like very heavily. So it's cool to like just be reminded why I love music and where I started. Everyone starts Thanks for inviting me. Of course. (laughs) We're so stoked you could do it and we're really excited to hear the song. Uh, I guess I just played it, right? (laughs) 
scared of losing things in life so it all slips through our hands our grip is just too tight and we find it's not the car we don't like yeah it's the road we choose and the way that we drive Life without, without Cause you're like the water to me In the desert, no will to live If I can't have you So set me free, I'm tired of living only for one thing I didn't choose these ways But I've been choosing to stay Hey Can I have you? Can I have you? Can I have You're like the water to me in the desert, no will to live if I can't have you. Uh, oh my God, oh my that was so good. I've not played in a long <laughs> time that. like that. Yeah, tell us about like, what, what's the story like behind writing that song? Well, you know, I don't remember like when I know where I was writing it, and I started this band with my friend Matt Kuchwa. We recorded it with his dad, but I, I pretty much wrote that all on my own. And is this Max in the Moon? Yeah, yeah, that was like our first EP that like then got taken off once we were on the label. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh. Uh, which, you know, at the time was great because it sounded so emo and sad. Uh. <laughs> I, sometimes I feel like that's a little bit of a sad thing, though, to be like, oh, let's like just pretend the beginning never happened. But I guess that's what this podcast that's is why for. Yeah, that's what you guys are here for. So, yeah, yeah. You wrote this one by yourself. And was there like any kind of thing that made you write that? Or was it just like... Yeah, I mean, it's so weird looking back at it. I think it has a lot to do with like, I felt so constrained by religion and the way I grew up that I didn't... I felt guilty about everything. And looking back at the lyrics, it's just talking a lot about, like, you know, the chorus was probably wrote, written about a girlfriend. But really, looking back, like, it feels, like, scared of, like, being without, like, the easy uh, question of what's our purpose. Mm -hmm. And being like, God, well, no, it's not. Not for me. Love that. I mean, like your line about the, it's not the car, it's how you drive, right? Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, it's funny because like I always, I had like a kind of revelation of just like, 
people are kind of always talking about the glass, but no one talks about the water that's inside, right? Uh, yeah. Was this kind of thing of like the water's going to take the shape of whatever? This is like I'm 14 and I'm deep kind of thoughts, maybe. But like, hey, it's like I'm 34 and high thoughts. Yeah, <laughs> same, you know. But it's like that where it made me think of that where it's just kind of like you realize the energy behind it can take whatever shape you put it in, but it's. It's it's about the energy. It's how you drive the car. It's not about the car. Well, it's funny you said the shape, like shape of water there and like go. shape of love and like all these different things. And I think I was just redefining like uh, my value system. I can imagine that would be like like a pretty big deal, especially if you were, you know, at one point very ideologically invested in something that was literally telling you like the meaning of life and existence. Mm -hmm. And then when you're like, you know, I don't think I actually believe that. What what do I do now? Yeah, it was scary. I even like found myself like clenching my fist right now, just thinking about like those emotions and mm. going through that. It was a crisis. Like I don't know. I <laughs> I didn't really grow up religious, so I can't relate entirely. But I will say that I have been sort of jealous of people who are very religious because, um, especially when when someone dies. What do you do if you're an atheist? Like you don't have the comforting thought of like, oh, you know, they're just all up in heaven together. And, and that, that I like how much more comfortable it is to have like a nice answer to that. Yeah. And I think that's really beautiful. The, like, you know, nobody's dead until we stop talking about them. Right. right. And I wrote a song with this artist, Lily Kelso, who's very religious. And I, I wrote six songs with her and we're almost done with her record there's like two songs that stand out there's one song that was about someone that committed suicide and it and then the chorus is says empty shoes on the front porch one foot on the platform modern god is at the door but isn't that what the eulogy is for and it's the idea that like you know this person's shoes are like just empty now because they they jumped off a platform at the beach and died and she remembers hearing sirens and thinking about that story and being frustrated that like you know all these like preachers and different things that come to your doorstep saying like hey let me into your home god's got this and she's like well i don't believe that like how does god got this like it's really interesting how much you learn from riding with other people mm -hmm. so sorry oh go, go ahead. ahead no yeah i mean i was just gonna ask about when that started like writing more songs with other people there was max in the moon but then that's it, what i was gonna ask. oh we're same minds <laughs> oh yeah. yeah i think that was like one of the best things that happened to me is the other singer and songwriter in the band was like i asked him to play drums and he's like no i love chris martin i want to play piano and sing <laughs> matt <laughs> yeah he's a great singer yeah and love he's like dude. a really yeah. good songwriter yeah. and I think that was when it started. So I went through 10 years of arguing with another person that I truly <laughs> care about <laughs> and writing songs and learning how to compromise. And I think that's a lot of something that's missing with, and a lot of things that some people have, but some artists don't know how to jump on a train that's not theirs. Mm -hmm. mm. That's, yeah. That's, that's an really understatement. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, but you totally can and do and that's so you've been I mean are you writing for a solo project now or your project now or are you solely collaborating with other people yeah I need more John songs uh solely collaborating but like even one that I just wrote with this artist Lily Kelso 
everything I write, I get to write about all my experiences. Like my mom passed five years ago now. And one of the songs that we wrote with Lily, she was so kind and she let me take over a little bit. And uh, there's the lyric goes, uh, yeah, I'm walking here. I swear I see your signal. Uh, something inside says good job. It feels just like you're with me. Keep it up and soon you'll be a natural. Everything you taught me, like poetry, the love you leave. And then the chorus goes, it's like like Mother Martha from Beatles, but it goes, everybody knows don't doubt Martha because she lives up on the in the city lights above the street. Um, and then there's another line that I forgot. <laughs> but yeah, it's she let me kind of like take over. And... But then we did it together because it's a lot about like my mom passing and feeling like she's always over my shoulder. Gosh, that's it's kind of neat too to like write a song that's so personal and then not be the one to perform it. Yeah. I, I mean, but I think that's kind of cool too because, you know, we were kind of talking about that universality of even sometimes the same music earlier and how, you know, you write a song about loss. I mean, it's maybe specifically about your loss, but so many people have experienced loss that whether it's coming out of your mouth or somebody else's, like, almost doesn't matter. Same yeah. star in yeah. the sky. And, like, for her, like, she came with two songs and she let me piece them together. It's so great to, like, collaborate with someone like that because we would have never written that on our own. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it means a lot that, like, people let me into their art and just, like, I just try not to fuck it up. <laughs> well, I mean, you're so good at what you do. I was gonna say, it sounds like you're, you're, you're doing okay. Thanks. <laughs> so you're writing with, um, with Lily Kelso. That's mm -hmm. is that right? And Zella Day. Yeah, I make music with Zella Day. I a while back ago, I worked on an Ella Voss record. Right. Um, and then yeah, just writing with a bunch of people. Another artist that is really cool that I work with is named Lily Joy. And then there's another artist named Lindsay Black. I tend to work with all L's. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, funny you uh... mentioned Lindsay Black because Spencer, my partner, and I uh -huh. ran into her and her partner at... Oh, Matt. Yeah. We ran into them at uh, our favorite vegan bakery, Just What I Needed, and ended yeah. up just like... Their friend like didn't show up, so we just hung out with them for like an hour. They're super sweet. And talked about their music. Like, well, her you know, her project that she's working on and um, Matt was talking about working with Zella. And so it's just, yeah, um, this is all coming together now. I'm yeah. really excited <laughs> to hear this Lindsay Black record. Oh, yeah. And Matt is like, he will search for something. If he, it's not right, he will just keep going and going and going. And that's something I've learned because I love their band, Local Natives. Mm -hmm. And now I've been able to write with Ryan, who's like one of the principal writers in that band. And then also, like, produce with Matt. And it's so fun to, like, have been a fan and then, like, be a part of the creative process. Like, same thing with Broods on Monday. And we've had one session together. But, like, I've been a fan of Broods before, like, I knew Georgia. Right. And then you're like, yeah. yeah. You're like, house. what an interesting <laughs> yeah. switch of context this is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, tell, I've told them, oh, maybe I don't like that. Oh, that's great. But that's great insight because, like, that's who the music is for, is for, like, fans of the music. So you have that yeah. extra insight of, like, yep. you know what a fan would like here. Is well, this, you know? yeah, and also, like, if I'm the artist, I 
want to work with a producer who loves my music. Totally. Yeah. You know, and that is that that's a requirement <laughs> for me. Yeah. And I'm well, lucky that I'm in a position that I can do that. Well, God forbid. Yeah, God forbid your sh- your producer should be like phoning in your record. Like <laughs> no way, that's terrible. Like <laughs> Yeah. But, it ends up sounding like something else like Well, or like it's g- hot garbage. Well, garbage. Or, or they just, <laughs> or they, you know. Well mixed garbage. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. Like there's nothing wrong with it. But so do you have anything you'd like to play us? Like maybe your favorite Max and the Moon song or like something you think kind of exemplifies like a. Oh. Where, uh, uh, where a journey. more contemporary you, I or, guess. Or any secret songs well, that we I, don't know about? I would actually like, so there's a playlist that I have that's like the production and I've co-written a lot of it. So. People could just check that out. Oh, or, we'll, we'll put a link for sure. Uh, but I think the latest one that really exemplifies my work is the song I did with Lily Joy called Can't See Far. And she had written the verses and then we wrote the choruses together. The chorus is just really simple. It says, slept through the summer dream. Let me find you. What does the poor bird, meet? Uh, what does the poor bird need? Let me find you. And I think like struggling in a relationship through the pandemic like I kind of like I was writing that for my partner being like I can't emotionally connect with you right now how do I how do I get there yeah wow I I mean I just I remember having this thought probably like last May like wow there is going to be like a whole genre in about a year of just like <laughs> pandemic music, <Yeah. laughs> you know, because I, I think, um, yeah, a lot of people were struggling in similar ways. That's very of the moment. I think I think um, yeah. we can all kind mm-hmm. of relate to that feeling of well, like, I don't know what the fuck is going isn't on. Isn't it kind of like when we we're teenagers again? Yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. And it's like some Brilliant. of the best music that I've been a part of has been like over the pandemic, writing about like, you know, the political climate and writing about America with someone from Australia and how they <laughs> see it from the outside. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. It's funny you say teenagers because, like, the first few days of, like, lockdown, like, my mind went back to growing up on the East Coast in New York and thinking of snow days and just yeah. kind of like, no, you stay home and you're just kind of like, it's a snow day. And I was just like, I guess I'll play video games. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> But it, it was it's such a trip. Yeah, I kind of I <laughs> I kind of feel like coming out of the pandemic, I I've had the thought more than once of feeling like I'm a teenager again, like yeah. sort of like relearning how to socialize in a way. Yeah. Oh, me so much. I went to a party yesterday and I was like, at first I was like, all right, training wheels. Yeah. And then I, I got <laughs> back into it and I was like, oh, OK, this is really fun. Because everyone's doing that, too. Yeah. Well, Clumsy I, steps. I will yep. say I definitely noticed that. You know, a lot of the people that I've been around uh, seem to be feeling the same sort of, you know, social anxiety or awkwardness. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting as like a bunch of like successful adults, <laughs> you know, to yeah. sort of like come back, uh, you know, be kind of trying to like almost like we're doing this for the first time again. I, I, I actually I don't love it, but I love aspects of it. And one of the aspects I like is everybody is more delicate with their time and chooses the things that are going to be fulfilling for them because we've never had a year and a half where we had to stay in one place 
and think about what we do with our life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it drove a lot of people crazy. The time out. <laughs> but I think it really helped a lot of people through some revelations. And the fact that yeah. the whole world. Yeah, yeah. like know? everybody had to do it. There was it. no FOMO. Yeah. It was just COVID. Yeah, yeah. I think it did something cool to music too because I just came back from a tour and I noticed that there's an uptick in respect for music. People are quiet at shows. Yeah. You know, it's Mm. like we've been home for a long time. We're here to actually see this band now. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah, I hope that stays because respect for music was out the window. Also, (laughs) you were with a dope artist. Well, I mean, he's he's amazing. Yeah, but but, I mean, (laughs) I I will say like the, the live music that I've gone to see... Yeah, people are really excited to be there in a way that um, I think was not quite as much the deal before everything no, not shut at all. down. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. everybody's like, like shushing oh, people, like hey, yeah, I'm trying to listen. Yeah, no, wow. no everybody seems yeah. way more enthusiastic. You guys have this podcast, and like this is really great to just have like people open up to you and like as a resource just of education for like the, this circle that's sitting here right now and all the people you've sat with. I love that, man. It's so interesting what yes. like the differences are and then so many commonalities. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I will say like as much as like I've been like enjoying the opportunity to meet new people and like be outgoing in a way that like normally I might not be. I've also noticed that people by and large seem to be a lot more receptive and open to that, mm-hmm. which I think is, you know, fear of them not being is like what would have prevented me from like just like saying hey what's your name in the first place yeah, yeah. so <laughs> nobody's gonna be like fuck off yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well yeah. I mean, and if they are that's a great story that yeah. is yeah. <laughs> like, and Dude, also I w- like okay I guess <laughs> I don't really want to talk to you anyway so yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. fuck you at hot yoga then yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. right like uh-huh. Yeah, if, if any like if anybody you're meeting in a social situation now is still like, <laughs> I don't talk to new people. It's like, all right, yeah, bye. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, you missed. I the mean, point. we're all getting older and getting wrinkles. Like, hey, you're not like. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, Except for Tony, uh, yeah, a no, couple of us are getting wrinkles. <laughs> it's 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 humble. Yeah. It's humbling, man. And like, you can't just be like the hottest shit person. And especially like you know, working in the creative industry. So many things have changed and it has humbled so many people where, you know, they were at the fucking top or they feel like they were at the top. And then like just shit happened where they weren't getting that reception of like live shows and different things. And they had to reevaluate how they see themselves as a person. Well, seeing how much of it can go away, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, like um, I think that's probably been pretty revelatory for a lot of people to go from getting all of this positive feedback all the time to really not having much opportunity for any, I imagine could be pretty hard. (laughs) Yeah, I think like debilitating for some people and then also just like exactly what they needed. Mm, Probably. Mm. Think about how many people you know in like a creative context who, whether they're sort of like successful or not or just like will never say no to anything like constantly just hustle 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 like to a degree that's so unsustainable and and at kind of at the detriment of their product probably too i agree with you 100 percent. yeah because i learned how to say no after the pandemic and it's been like <laughs> game changer i yeah, know what you mean totally different yeah, yeah. And it's not, like, mean. No, it's, it's like, you know, like, you value your time. Well, you know, you or, value, like, life. Yeah, you know? Well, yeah. and also just sort of having a more realistic, I think, understanding of, like, what you can, what you can do, what you yeah. can take. Not, not, 
what you're able to do, but like what you can your take bandwidth. on. Yeah. Your bandwidth. What, exactly. Yes. Like what you can take on and still like feel good and balanced and really like give your all to and what you really like, want to do. I feel like if you guys had like a wellness sponsor right now, this is where like we <laughs> yeah. would put it in. <laughs> I know, like right? there's a what, there's Better like help. moon juice. Mm. Moon juice, moon juice yeah. will give you three stars towards like a kombucha powder. <laughs> yeah. Are you That's listening to dollars? We'll Learn how to say no with kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> moon juice like I do love moon juice. Yeah, it's really good. I, I make fun, but I got a gift card and I was excited. No, I, I will absolutely spend Thank you, $16 on a like spirulina yeah. almond milk date, whatever. Yeah. So good with the sex dust. <laughs> oh, yeah, sex yeah. Dust. They have the sex dust. Yeah. I was like, oh, they got that's all cool. the dusts. Yeah, I think we have to wrap it up. Okay, but cool. It's been that was fun. so <laughs> nice yeah. talking to you. I know. Thank yeah. you Dude, so John, much. thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah thank you, John, so much. I miss you, man. I know. I miss you. It's too. been. Wait, it was great it's to meet you. Great uh, to meet you too. Terrence and Rose. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yay! And now we can hug. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Hey, that was John. Oh man, yeah. what a sweetheart! That's so great. Such Sweetest. good energy and so talented. Oh, the best. I think I. I mean, I think I speak for us all when I say we could have talked to him all day. You do, and we did, and we wanted to. John has been <laughs> yeah. busy working on new tracks with Lily Joy, Lindsay Black, and Zella Day, and he has a new studio called Studio Fulton. You can DM him on Instagram. Uh, this isn't John V is his handle. How often do you hear somebody awesome on a podcast and say, I want to work with him and then get the chance to right? slide into their DMs and work yeah. with them? This is the power of the internet, folks. Magic. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. Um, we hope you'll also subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. All and of them. Rate and review if you've got the time because it really helps us grow our show. Oh, so great. We appreciate you listening. We have so many more great episodes for you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.